This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, your host, Mike Fusco. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on another segment of the Team Business Podcast. This is Team Business number 40, with one of our first guests rejoining us today. Uh, in the post-pandemic world, Brian, when you first came on on Team Business, I believe it was number two, man. You were yeah. an original OG. Uh, it was at the onset of the the pandemic, man. It was a different time. And um, first off, thanks for joining. Uh, Brian is the president of ProCal Lighting, which is a company that I have a great relationship with. You know, one of my absolute favorites. I love working with these guys and uh, the whole company I admire. Um, and they're here in San Diego County. But I know, you know, definitely expanding your reach into other regions. I want to talk about that a little but. Brian, you want to take the time to introduce yourself uh, to the audience? Yeah, I appreciate that, Mike. We, um, we're an electrical contracting company at heart, and uh, we've, we've been able to grow in the lighting business. And really what that means is the energy efficiency lighting like LEDs and architectural lighting, the color changing lights. We uh, became specialists at that. And uh, so as we grew our business, we, we started taking on different uh, scopes, things like EV charging stations, things like system integration. Um, and, and we're always developing, we're always kind of, um, creating new avenues for ProCal. And, uh, so in so much that I just, I was advised recently, maybe I should drop the lighting part. So it, that's going to be a hard thing for me to do, but <laughs> we're, it's, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's a fun problem to have, right. To be able to say, okay, we do a lot more than lighting. Um, been in business for eight years. Uh, I feel like I've been with you that full eight years. So, um, thank you for your help and, and keeping us successful and, and covered. Um, I think, uh, you know, a big part of our success has been just in being able to pivot and adapt. And you said it, man, that the, the pre pandemic to this possibly post pandemic time has been all about adaptation. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's fun as a business owner, but also like a gut check of, Man, this uh, this isn't for everybody. This uh, this business ownership isn't for everybody. Right? Oh, you could say that again. Wow. <laughs> um, no, it's not. And it it takes people that are that believe that are determined. And I know that you do. And you've always had a vision and a mission and and uh, you know core values that your company is is built on. And that's something that's admirable to me. And I will say this: so a couple of things you said that I want to touch on. One. The branding of the company. Okay. So, you know, you, that word lighting, right? I mean, it's, I know it's a big part. And, and for those of you, if you, if you can look at Brian's website, procallighting.com, the Coronado Bridge project, uh, the Hilton Bayfront project, it was the Hilton Bayfront, right? Yes, it was. Um, but Brian's talking about just awesome, awesome, just creativity and, and use of the lighting. And, but to take that out of your name, right? That, that you spoke about. And I know you have, Something I always loved about your company is the, the kind of the motto you have. Mm -hmm. So would you change that? I mean, that's you know, oh, would you have yeah. to also offer that too? No, that was such a unique thing mm -hmm. that came out of the top of my dome. I was talking to my my mm -hmm. um, 
director of media and uh, who's no longer with it, actually started his own company. But um, we're just talking and like, hey, we have to come up with a really cool slogan on this, something that people remember. And uh, and so it, it had us to convey kind of what why we were in business. And, and the reason we're in business was to really serve others, to really help other agencies out there um, get the best out of what we do. And so our tagline is we provide the light so you can shine. And uh, the, the way we love that is that it's, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're, we have the know, we're the specialist, uh, but the end result is going to be uh, you're going to benefit, right? You're going to be the one who, uh, who gets to really enjoy this uh, installation. And so um, we get all sorts of compliments on it. And so I, I think you're right on. It, it could be, we could drop the lighting. We'd just be pro call contractors or whatever, but it's still going to be, we provide the light so you can shine. It has to be, man. It, really it has, has to be. be. That's so cool, man. I mean, that's like one of the best I've ever heard. <laughs> you guys got to stick with that one. Yeah. Um, awesome. So yeah, go, and then the second thing that you said that I want to touch on, obviously the pandemic and hopefully the post-pandemic world, right? Uh, but so much has changed. And it was almost like, and we were talking about this before we, we went live here. It's almost like everything was at a standstill for so long. And then, and not only just, and when I say everything, I mean, not just projects or workload or stuff like that, but even like your team and your, your, the people that you're around every day, the employees and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you know, things just started shifting around like crazy. And I know there's been a lot of talk of the great resignation and the great reshuffle in terms of, you know, work, right. In terms of teams and, and colleague, but is that something that you've, you've found to be a big change for you? coming into this new kind of year or, or other things in general, or tell me a little more about that. Yeah. So I, I totally recall the first podcast that we did. Uh, I remember talking about considering how your employees are, uh, you know, experiencing this pandemic through their own eyes. You know, we're, we're as business owners, we're looking at it as like, is this something where we're going to have to reduce what the work we're doing? Is it mean that we're going to have to take on all these rules and, and um, we're going to have to cover insurance and on all this and put all these post-it signs about wearing masks on our doors, right? But there was something that was kind of missed, I think, and, and started to catch up that employees were suffering in a way different way um, at home. And not only did they have to change how their work habits were, maybe they started working at home, but their families were suffering, right? If they had kids going to school, they then you know, had to start teaching at home. And, and so I think there was all this realization that we're not just business owners with employees, but we're kind of holding a very uh, delicate, you know, cradle for our team members. And that could easily be upset depending on our decisions. So yeah, we, we've experienced a lot of turnover to that time. And, and some of it being the frustrations they have, some being the frustrations we have. Uh, but ultimately through that next, that two years, we, we really captured some great talent, some people who really understood the values of the company. So we took the good with the bad. We lost some really great talent, but then we also brought on some really good talent. And it was a good lesson for me to understand like, hey, this isn't just like a, hey, if there's a pandemic, this is how you treat your employees. It should happen all the time, right? It's just like, you have to consider yeah. what's going on in their life and, and what's happening. And sometimes that's appreciated and sometimes that's not, but that shouldn't change your your vision behind building a company that cares for their for their team members right so i think we we've we've experienced all that 
And you said the the great resignation. I, I you know I've joked around with a couple of business owners before. I'd like to think that the great resignation is gonna be followed by the great realization, which is at some point they're gonna be able to look back and say, I shouldn't have made that jump to this larger company that's paying me more because I just feel like I'm a number and not somebody who cares. So um, you know, we're still in contact with some of the people who left there might be opportunity. And you know what, this is kind of the market and labor where it's like, you, you can't burn bridges. You have to be able to have uh, the opportunity to bring some people back. And I think, um, you. you know, if, if, if we go through another pandemic, we go through a, a, a recession, whatever it might be, it's just the next phase for business owners to realize, Hey, it's not just about business. It's about people who are working for you and how can you help them and how can you, um, give them support like they're giving you, right? Right. No, absolutely. It's definitely a two-way street. And I do remember you clearly you bringing that up in the first podcast. And it's true. You know, it's it's we have to look at it from both sides. And as a business owner, you know, it's not just a one-way street. You know, it's not just you providing. It's also, you know, it's not just them working for you. It's you providing and, and supporting and and someone said to me the other day, you know, they said, man, you know, and we have, you know, maybe 20 or so people now, you know, we're not anything huge, but they said, do you realize you probably feed about 70 people? You know, you support or feed about 70 people because, you know, you have the families and obviously there's, there's families that have multiple people that work, but that doesn't mean that you're still not helping to support that family. Right. And I was like, man, I never really thought about it like that, you know, yeah. which is, it's pretty cool, but just, just shuffle on a little bit here, uh, maybe from you know, the serious business talk to some, some fun stuff. Uh, what's your favorite time of the day? <laughs> uh, you know, realistically, it's the end of the day. It's the end of my work day. I can't, I mean, I think that I've, I've somewhat made it successful and this changes. We have to change. We have to adapt. But for some period of time, I've been able to say, okay, it's, it's five 30. I'm, I'm leaving my office. My family kind of expects me to be home. Um, that's a, that's a good time for me. That's like, okay, I, I put in a good, decent day of work and, uh, now I get to, you know, go see my family. Um, you know, as I say that I can't, we're entering into a season where it's like, it probably won't be like, that. I'm probably going to be staying in the office a little bit longer now. I might have to travel more, but it all puts it in perspective. I, I think it's, uh, when you do, or you're already able to return back to that time it's like, man, that's, this is what it's all about. It's about family. It's about being here. So um, that's usually my, my favorite part of the day. The other part, the other favorite part of the day is when I get a, you know, employee who he gets a win. Um, you know, it's, we, we, we do contracts, right? So it's like we bid yeah. against all these other contractors and, uh, and in yeah. contracting, it's kind of like a, a, a letdown when you win, right? Cause it's like you win on this low bid maybe. And you're just like, Oh man, what did we miss? <laughs> so you tend to like kind of have doubts, but also you're happy. So it's a weird mixed emotions. But when our team members kind of get these wins, whether it be like a customer sending an email, be like, hey, man, I really enjoyed this project manager, really enjoyed working with this uh, office admin, really enjoyed with working with this coordinator. Or, um, hey, I just want to tell you, thank you for this amazing project. You know, sometimes we follow up on some of our projects because they're, they're big showcase projects a lot of time. We follow up with a video. And so we create this video and we try to release it on social media. And so it's cool to watch because I'm, I'm usually not part of these projects, but it's cool to watch 
these clients kind of testify about how they really enjoyed working with us, right? And they're putting it on video. So it's like, okay, <laughs> it's not it's not just lip service, but it's 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 really that's kind of a cool win. Like, all oh, right, man, we we've got a we got a client, we got a we got a fan. That's really what we have. We got yeah. a fan. And yeah, that's always the best yeah, thing, right? and and then and it hopefully it means more work for us, but um there's there's a good feeling about that. The the worst, the opposite is when we don't get that, when we get like, you know, it you guys are not really performing or you guys are not closing this project or I don't think I'm going to hire you again. Um, it does, you can't leave work and leave that behind that sticks with you, you know? And it, and it, and it, that's what keeps us up at night. It's like, man, what can we do? How can I save this relationship? Yeah. So those are the, those are the moments where it's like, that's the worst part of the day. I do got to say though, it's, so is it do you always do you feel like you always know where people stand where your clients stand do you survey enough and kind of ask enough questions and, and and ask for feedback enough that you know we're getting better at it that's good to know yeah. man. you know it's good to be able to ask and, and be able to get the, the feedback i agree you know? we're getting better at it i think um we've had a couple of clients who've, who've you know we we assumed we did a great job and only after the next project came around and we started um, assuming that we're going to be in a good place, did we realize, man, we really didn't perform on that. So um, it, it is good to capture it while you're there, while you're in the project, communicating. And, um, you know, it, the recent ones that we did, we have, uh, we probably surveyed maybe 13 of our, of our clients and um, the one thing that they had consistently communicated to us is that they think we're top, right? This is like kind of one of those ratings of like, they're, they're the top at this. They all mentioned we're, we're on the top of integrity and honesty. And um, that was a good feeling. Yeah. But absolutely. after that good info was like all the bad stuff of like, they can't, they're not really good at closing jobs or they haven't very been very communicative. They, um, they didn't really create these solutions. So it's like, okay, we seem to have the ability to come across really genuinely and communicate accurately, but maybe not enough. And maybe we need to step up more, you know? So you take the good with the bad. Yeah. But I think it's one of those things that if, if you're not listening to your clients, there's no way you can, you can get better because you don't, no. you always assume you're thinking everything's going well. So, so, it's good to get that information, but also it's kind of hard. Sometimes it's a, you know, punch the gut. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage, man, to ask because you're not always going to get great feedback. You know, it's not always going to be good. And um, you have to, you know, you have to prepare for that. Right. And you have to kind of expect it. I think, I think if you really, you know, no one's perfect, right? No company's perfect. You know, we, we could all get better in every single way. Right. I mean, well, not in every single way, but in lots of ways. And I think that asking under the realization that, hey, it might not be great feedback every time. It's like, it's a, you're like, <laughs> you know, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But um, cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, let me ask you this. Like, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? Um, I, I think I got two. The, the, the first one would be to really find out what's your what your goal is, right? What's your, what's your, um, what's your end goal? And, um, and I think in general, like business people, like they kind of consider, oh, my end goal is to get to 
X revenue or to uh, build the company to this or be able to sell or be able to do this, which is all good business cases. But if you kind of brought that further out, it's like, well, why do you want to do those things? And usually it goes down to like, I just want to spend more time with my family um, or I want to have no worry about bills or I don't want to have, um, you know, whatever. I don't want to be worried about losing my job. All those things, I think, really get to the root of why we're doing what we're doing. And so when somebody asked me, like, what's your really vision? They kind of pressed into me. No, no, that's not right. Like, really, what is it? And it came for me. It came down to family. It helped me then to see like, hey, there's an opportunity for me to be with family while being in business and not having to get to the X revenue. You know, there's a there's a way for me to enjoy that now. And, and so you kind of have to build out your company to do that, to be able to, uh, to obtain that goal. Um, the second part of, I think, business advice that I I think we all get this too. And I feel like there's been a lot more books about it, but just the importance of failure. The importance of failure is like key that um, every time you do fail. And so when you start succeeding, people get stoked on you as a man, you're, you're really, you're really um, hitting out of the park, right? You're really uh, dominating in this market. And then you start putting this expectation on yourself. Like, okay, now I'm, I really got to do that because people are telling me that's who I am. So I got to do this. When failure comes, it, it then you feel like a fraud. But it's only through failure that you could actually become, you know, dominant in your market. You could actually become a great company. And so it's like that's just part of the process, right? And so you got to be able to take the lumps. You got to be able to see the, the opportunity within the failure. Um, it's not always hard though. It's, it, I mean, it's, it is always hard. <laughs> it's not always easy. I think it's one of those things that I just got to continue to remind myself like, okay, this is a learning time. You know, I got to learn and I got to, I got to get better. I got to get better. Yeah, man. I love that. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Great points all, all around. So back to the, back to your industry a little bit. And you, you've, you've touched on this a couple of times. Now, I know that larger industry, you know, you guys obviously is contracting and you know construction and that, but you guys have a, have a niche, obviously, and you, you've worked well in that niche. What would you say, uh, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing that your industry in the years to yeah. come? Uh, right now, it's material supply, right? It's, uh, it's lead times. It's, it's, um, it's inflation. All those things I think are affecting everybody. It's affecting the construction industry just as much. Um, and then you got yeah. your labor market. So all, all those things I think are, are going to be a problem for us for the next couple of years, at least maybe three or four. But um, I think what we see in the industry collectively is that, Hey, you know, we have this, I sit on a board of a couple associations and one of our meetings we had with a utility company and uh, they kind of outlaid for us like what is really needed to um, to build out this infrastructure that we plan to have in California by 2030. And it was like phenomenal where it's like, mm, I don't know how we're going to get to that point, but we need to start now, right? Like now is the time to start investing and doing these things. 
and so I think for the industry, for construction, we have a lot of opportunity out there. We have a lot of great opportunity, but I think it's going to come with its own problems, whether it be manufacturers, what's going on in the world, um, you know, all, uh, and the labor market, inflation, all those things I think we'll, we'll have to navigate through. But in general, there's no one who's not buying construction right now. Everybody's buying. Uh, we just have to figure out how to sell it. So uh, I'm excited about the industry. I'm excited about where it's going. Uh, I always try to lead, try to figure out where it's at next. You know, that's that's one of the the keys to our success is like what's happening next in this in this industry. Stay in front of it. Sometimes we're way too in front of it, but but it, you know you got to stay in front of it to be able to um, capture that work early on. And then once you capture it early on, then you become a uh, you know a leading expert into it. Um, EV charging is one of those things. So, um, right. you know, we mentioned the, the lighting was like kind of how we got our start. And then we started going into EV. And now we're probably going to be the fastest growing EV charging company in California over the next two or three years, just because of the contacts we're starting to make and the, and the contracts that we're gaining. Um, so I'm excited about awesome. that. But it's like building a whole new thing in our company to make sure that we are able to perform on that, right? Yeah, no, that's pretty cool, man. And I'm sure with that, it's probably more of like a, well, maybe not so much because you guys with lighting, I mean, that's a lot of, it's a lot of labor involved. Yeah. So I would think with EV2 is probably pretty similar, a lot of volume, you know, installations. and. Yeah. I think what's, but, what's different about it is that you, you use some more different trades, you use some like equipment operators and you use some concrete contractors and all these other things. So it's like bringing that umbrella under us. The vendors are different, right? The EV manufacturing is actually not too far away from lighting, but like there's a lot of EV manufacturers out there now, the big guys and then the small guys. It's that's a lot like lighting, so we're trying to make those relationships early on. That's cool. It's a unique situation where oh, I could imagine. Yeah, I mean the the cities we're working for, the utilities we're working for. Uh, it's cool to be able to part of their um, their performance in in creating this EV infrastructure for themselves. But um, I think we're all learning. We're, we're going through these processes and being like, okay, this is not going to work. We're going to have to change this up. But hey, we're in contract. We can't really change anything up. So, <laughs> so it's it's being adaptable. It's learning, you know, the hard way. But we're getting really good at it. I, I'm excited for what Proco can do in the EV market. That's cool. Yeah. Congrats on that, man. That's got to be real exciting. So you mentioned, you know, you sit on the boards, a couple of associations. You know, I've always known you as you know, working towards the greater good and, and being involved in that kind of stuff, especially in the community locally. I know you mentioned your travels and going back East and stuff. Do you want to tell the audience a little more about your involvement and what you'd like to do? Yeah, I'd love to, man. So uh, I sit on the board of the National Electrical Contractors Association. Uh, nationally, we represent uh, all of the electrical contractors in the nation. And so when you're talking about electrical infrastructure, these are the members and the associations that uh, really um, advocate and push for uh, both clean energy, but then also appropriate energy and safe energy. So uh, I get to dabble in that. I'm, I'm really a big advocate uh, in DC for those measures. So I get to visit a lot of representatives. And because of that, it's fun. I, I get to, um, because I come every year, multiple times a year, it's like, you know, oh, Brian, you're back. And what, what can we do for you? By the way, we all need to vote. <laughs> but we all need to reach out to our representatives and like, hey, you need to know me because I got things to say. I mean, they're 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 normally ready to listen. They need to listen to constituents. Uh, 
Um, the same in the same regard, I'm on the board for the National Small Book Business Association, which is the longest running uh, small business uh, advocacy group uh, in the nation. And um, we are made up of different industries uh, out of different states. And so what's great about that is you really get to understand kind of how everybody else is um, experiencing the economy, the pandemic or whatever it might be. And, and then the same thing, how can we advocate to help small business? So we're the national small business was a big part of, of that relief bill and making sure they kind of had it right and, and released it and we got it immediately through the SBA. So I was, I was proud of that. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It is cool. I sit in, uh, locally on the Oceanside Museum of Art board. So uh, this is a local museum in Oceanside that uh, curates art. And um, it's one of those things that uh, is community based. So I really want to you know, make sure that we have art as a part of our culture. And uh, just got invited recently to be on the board of a financial institution that's um, East Coast uh, that's looking to help small businesses and uh, in the diverse areas and, and get them uh, loans they need. So excited for uh, advocating for small business on, on, that, on that sense. It's, I think financially, uh, that's always the thing that all of us businesses, like we can always talk about hurdles, but it's always be like, I just need more money. <laughs> so I know, right? That's gonna be like a, a good um, a good discussion with the other board members there to, to really talk about what that industry looks like and how we can help small business. That's really cool, man. And and for those listening, Brian, uh, he's active on LinkedIn, and I'm sure he would welcome your connections. Uh, you can, I'll go ahead and post a link. Yeah. Uh, when the when we release this podcast episode, and I, I love what you do, and I like to see you know, when you're traveling and what you're involved in, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's fun. That's really fun. Hey man. So before we leave off, of course, the last question is always the most fun because team business, we like to talk about sports Yeah, because you know, it all comes back to sports, right? Who's going to win it, man. Who's going to win the NBA final? <laughs> Dude. Uh, you know, California, you got to wait for golden state, <laughs> but you know what? What's good is this is it's really good. I mean, I, I love the Celtics against Golden State. I think that's a really good matchup. But I think I gotta I gotta root for my California team, man. I gotta root for yeah. my California team. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, that was pretty cool, huh? What the Rams pulled off, especially wow. when you're having the yeah. yeah being able to see it kind of firsthand this season. First season, they they brought back uh, uh, fans right to the stadium, yep. and uh, they took it all the way to the championship, man, and won the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, it, it's fun. We got to experience some cool things. I sold my tickets to the Super Bowl, which was yeah. cool with me because my brother was a big fan. So he, he took him and he took his wife and they had a, a good celebration. I'm actually, oh, that's awesome. I'm a fan of the Chargers as well. Probably a little bit bigger fan of the Chargers. So I'm going to wait for them to get to the Super Bowl. I, it might happen this year. I, they got a great team. You think? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That division's tough, so we'll see. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Herbert, I mean, that guy's good. He's man. a great, great star quarterback, and I'm, I'm glad we have him. What a great pick! I think that building a team around him is what what we're doing right now, and it, it looks really good. It looks really good. But we, like I said, we got a tough division, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I, I, it was uh, very exciting. I got to go to the um, parade and uh, uh, the Super Bowl parade, and and uh, got to do the groundbreaking for the Chargers recently uh, in their new facility. Uh, so, you know, as much as I work hard, I also like, get, you know, my teams are my teams. I like to enjoy them. 
This is the only yeah. season. So I brought, I brought, I dragged my kids to last season, a bunch of games. And I, I got them excited about this. Yeah, we're almost here. August is just around the corner. And they're like, Dad, really? We got to go again? <laughs> so so I might have to find some. Yeah, I was asking Chris. I was like, wow, Brian, did he make the trip up there yeah. on the week, every weekend almost? Yeah, from San Diego to I'll give you a lot of credit, man. That's not an easy drive. Although you being in the North County, probably a little easier than yeah. Yep. coming from South County. But Sundays are bad Saturdays, day. man. They're, they're actually pretty good. So if it's a Thursday yeah. night game, though, good night. I'm out. <laughs> It's crazy, right? Yeah. The traffic. Yeah, it's a real bad. But I, I, I heard that they did an awesome like redevelopment of Englewood around the state. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, the stadium. Yeah, one of the pretty cool. one of the things I we have an NDA, I think, but we are helping build the next arena down there. So we're excited about that. Um, you know, there's cool. so much cool. The Olympics is coming up. That's when my my end goal is to to do some work for the Olympics in 28, and uh, that's going to be all over LA. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta find opportunity to get there. It does, it does. It is a hard drive, but there's just a lot of business, so I'm excited for what we can do there. That's that's so cool, man. Well, Brian, thank you so much again. I know you know being as busy as you are, taking time with me is uh, I'm thankful and very thankful for the relationship we have. And you mentioned earlier you thanked about you know our supporting you guys, but thank you for allowing us to, to be of service. We we really enjoy it. So. Uh, everybody at the company at ProCal is awesome to work with. We, you know, we have fun with it. So thanks, man. Yeah. Same to you. And then the team at, at Fusco Orsini, man, I really do enjoy working with you guys and anybody listening to the podcast. If uh, you don't have somebody you trust for insurances, you need to go with Mike. He's the best. He's the best out there. Now I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks so much, man. And uh, it was good catching up, of course. And for the audience, remember, uh, if you'd like to, uh, me to introduce you to connect you to Brian you can reach out to me directly uh, of course you can find Brian on LinkedIn and I will post all the, that information and uh, thanks again for listening team business number 40 always fun with Brian and uh, we'll talk to everybody soon take care <laughs>